Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 129, which is part two in which I look at the truth movement under the spotlight. So thank you all for tuning in today. I hope life is treating you well in this uh, new year of 2023. So in today's particular episode, I'm going to um, extend um, this idea of looking into the religious aspect of, of um, the religiousity, I should say, of the truth movement. I hope, I hope you did enjoy part one, if you've listened to that already. So in part one, just briefly, I spoke about um, uh, the whole idea of exposure videos, and then I also looked at... Um, the religious aspect or the religious feel of um, a truth conference that I went to about a year ago locally to me here on the south coast of the UK. And then the last part, part one, I just briefly looked at the uh, concept of the concept, I should say, of human nature. So now to just um, begin in today's part two, I'm just going to first uh, look at this idea of catastrophizing. So again, or it might come under the phrase of doom porn, which is a nice phrase. I like that one. Or, or always, always believing the worst case scenario, um, having this sort of conception that the economy is is imminently going to collapse. And in terms of um, one thinks of, of course, uh, revelations. <laughs> so it's actually really interesting. Um, even if you're not a religious type of person, to re re read that particular part of the idea, sorry, part of the Bible, I should say. But where it kind of can get out of balance is is this idea, and I know I used to fall into this way of thinking, way of philosophizing, if you will, that the only way in which humanity can find salvation is through collapse. And then what that means is you're always... You know, you're always looking at events and catastrophizing. You're always looking at events in terms of um, what the sort of worst case scenario is going to be. And in some way, I know from my own experience, almost willing that to happen. So, for example, during the the uh, banking crisis in 08 and 09, it seems quite a while ago now, doesn't it? Um, you know, I was really chomping at the bit when um, Lehman Brothers went tits up and other, you know, when the, 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 the Dow was losing eight, nine percent per day and historic losses. Because I was thinking, yes, finally, the the uh, the system was about to implode and we could build a better world. But to what extent was I doing that? It's nothing wrong with having that sentiment, but I think I was, you know, doing that as a way of not actually addressing issues in my own life and empowering myself in my own life. And that's how we can sort of fall into that sort of hellfire and um, brimstone. And also another um, thing is to think about that maybe it's worth taking into account the possibility of a, um, a bigger story unfolded in the midst of the idea of collapse. Because even during World War Two. I mean, many people were not involved or not affected in any way. So there are always um, variables, even in the darkest of scenarios. And there are ways there are ways to escape. Basically, we, you know, it's not we're not we're not necessarily doomed, even if things were were all to collapse, which hopefully they won't, because uh, that certainly wouldn't be the best case scenario. Um, 
and that is obviously for uh, vulnerable people who wouldn't have any means to do to um, to defend themselves. So that's again, kind of when we fall into extreme ways of thinking, that is something that we need to be careful of. So moving on to the next point, I want to make in this part two, where I put the truth movement under the spotlight, and this is. Um, something that I find quite funny now actually, maybe I shouldn't say that, but there's a misunderstanding of the meaning and purpose of symbolism. Now I'm just going to pick up on a tiny point, of course we could speak together for hours about the meaning of the purpose of symbolism, but just within this context. So of course we've all seen people put up, share things on their social media about 666 being, you know, evil and the all-seeing eye being evil. And this is obviously a clear example of religious dogma that is quite common within the alternative me media because it's an either or an or. As we know, symbols are open to interpretation. So no one entity or group has a monopoly on the meaning of a particular symbol. And symbols obviously are um, inverted. Of course, the most uh, common example being, as we're well aware of, um, the uh, swastika, which has come to represent the embodiment of evil, when actually what it does actually represent is the ultimate sort of is the ultimate symbol of protection. So we know the meaning of symbols is of, often inverted, and deliberately to deliberately to to create um, to create confusion amongst people. But the most important thing I think with symbols is and symbolism is to consider the intention behind the symbol and our motivation, the energetic charge that uh, we are putting behind any particular symbol. And of course, um, corporate brand, corporations, when they charge, they use certain symbology in their brand uh, logos and icons. They know this. They know this because it gives that then transpires to give the power, give certain power, increased power, so I should say, to the company. And this is not evil or satanic. We can use we can use symbology to you know empower ourselves um, in our own lives. But it is disappointing to still see people within the truth movement falling into this this trap. And you may or may not be aware that I did a a particular a video. There's a bit of a kind of piss take, a uh, bit of a comedy, if you like. Um, I did a video on YouTube, which is now available on BitChute because I've transferred all my content after my YouTube channel got deleted in September. That's just obviously discerning consciousness, if you want to check it out. I did a video taking the piss out of all these people who were calling out Novak Djokovic back in yeah, a year ago before the Australian Open because he got banned because he hadn't taken the fake vax. And there was pictures of him doing the symbol of the all-seeing eye, well, he had his, you know, his um, hand to his face and all the rest of it. And people were saying he was um, an Illuminati puppet, an insider, because he'd been seen pictured at the World Economic Forum, etc., etc., etc. And I was just, you know, I was, I, I was kind of annoyed that so many people were falling into this trap again of believing that, you know, he was controlled opposition rather than just someone who's making, a, as a sportsman, who has a extremely refined uh, body and physiology. Of course, he's going to choose not to take an experimental medical procedure, if I can put it in those terms. And yet so many people still, on my timeline at least, were calling him out as some sort of 
Illuminati satanic puppet, you know, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. So it is, it is a little bit disappointing to see this. And actually, at the moment, I don't know if you've got noticed it, guys, but I've seen I've seen um, this whole thing. You know where there's pictures, people put up pictures, and then they're saying they're not who they who who they are. So the one I've seen recently is of Bernie Madoff. And there's someone claiming he's some sort of thing was a, a US politician. And they and you could obviously see that they weren't because the woman had different eyebrows to Bernie Madoff. So there's these people that get lost. They tumble down the, the tunnel believing everything is a deception and they just become obsessed. And then is some guy, I don't know, in his basement in Nebraska has put this out i don't know why i chose nebraska i don't know <laughs> some random place in the states anyway and he's put it out and there he is in his parents basement laughing his head out head off putting out some visuals claiming that bernie madoff is is actually a woman you know at the end of the day does it really matter we know there's a lot of gross deception going on but you know again if people lose their minds to this religious dogma that you can just see it everywhere and then uh, you know, I just laugh at it. It's like, oh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. It's like, and there's other examples now. Um, it there is a danger it could become, you know, like the next um, flat Earth thing. Uh, people claiming that they're that uh, all these leading public figures are actually not who they claim to be, and if they're men, they're women. If they're women, and if they're women, they're men. So anyway, I'll end it on that particular point. So also another aspect of this kind of religious dogma that I picked up on within the truth movement is during COVID, COVID-19, um, it's what I call not being able to take the wins, OK, the wins or the successes when we push back. Uh, and again, this feeds into um, kind of religious absolutism that um, in some sense, um, our worst, you know, our worst fears were recognised when the whole COVID psyop from March twenty, um, they pressed they pressed the play button, you know, but despite that, you know, this this for me represents a uh, a last ditch power grab by the power elite, whatever you want to call them. But 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 not taking into account um, opposing forces for good acting in the unseen realms. You know, the COVID is just, um, you know, those who fall into this idea of not being able to, sorry, to take the wins. They would argue, well, COVID is just the start of more attacks to remove our basic freedoms and human rights. And they would claim, they would discount um, the meaning and significance of the fact that like the, the COVID digital app here in the UK had to be dropped. And all of the restrictions now, more or less, have been dropped they say well that's irrelevant because we're in still ensnared in you know the globalist new world orders spiders web and there's nothing we can do and um you know we're, we're going to be consumed into into some sort of post-humanist dystopian digital nightmare for want of a for want of a better phrase so that's what i mean by not being able to take the wind the winds and draw draw a line in the sand and go wow they, you know, they really did pull out the stops with the COVID nonsense, the COVID psyop. But we were able to push back and we've pushed back against a lot of um, the globalist kind of their worst excesses. But what happens, of course, 
um, you know, a balanced person, I would argue, is able to look into the future and say, well, there are all possibilities exist, uh, sure, but we do need to take gratitude from, you know, what we've achieved during the last three years and not lose our minds to this idea of inevitability of humanity being, you know, ensnared, as I said, in some sort of digital post-transhumanist uh, gulag, because there's nothing inevitable about that. But when you get consumed by negativity and a very dogmatic way of thinking and processing, you know, you can't see uh, a, pr a progression that doesn't involve anything but a kind of uh, nightmare future. I mean, and, then, and the fact remains, we don't know. That may well happen. But when you're in a balanced position, you can deal with such a scenario, should it unfold, in a far more com in a far more kind of like, um, how should we say, you're not going to get your fight or flight um, constantly triggered. You're not going to fall into anxiety. Whereas if you believe that um, in a kind of dogmatic way, there's an inevitability to this, if such a scenario to, to were to unfold, you'd become, you know, very unground. You see, 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 I knew this was going to happen. Look, 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 look what they're going to do to us next. And that's what happens um, if you are ungrounded. You need, at the end of the day, we really do need to um, tread carefully, act with discernment, because at the end of the day, if we really are walking the path, if we really want to describe us, ourselves as a spiritual warrior, we need to in an instant give up all our belief systems give up all our ideology all our ideologies give up all our sacred cows and just let it all go that doesn't mean we should roll over and um you know uh cave in like a pack of cards or a house of cards to um these nefarious agendas but what it means is to have awareness but without being attached and that's that's um that can be quite difficult and that's all part of you know, that's all, as I've said about many times before, sorry if I'm repeat, repeating myself, but that is all a part of the initiate's way. That's all part of, you know, our sword going into the fire. And that's where we do, we do um, learn our craft, if you like. That's where the rubber hits the road. And it, and it is, it's quite difficult, but that's why so few people do choose that kind of path, to be honest. So just moving on now. Why is it, just want to think, look into the mindset of why it can be difficult not to just accept and have gratitude for the small wins, like I was saying in terms of the pushback of COVID. I believe it's because if one has a concept of the grand conspiracy to enslave humanity, as I was saying, in a post-humanist kind of technocratic prison, which we still see elements of this now, uh, many of the existing agendas, as we know, are still in play and still being accelerated. The smart agenda, the attempt to normalise paedophilia, the ongoing economic and financial collapse and distribution of wealth from the one from um, the 99 to the 1%. So it might appear that all the dominoes are set to fall and humanity is facing a checkmate. But I hold to the positive dimensions of the planetary evolution that is also taking place and our individual evolution whilst knowing that we face many challenges going forward. So I think that's what's um, important to be aware of the higher cosmic element as well 
But if we are unable to accept the kind of small wins, I think, as I've done in the past, I think we can fall into this idea of the grand conspiracy and the inevitability of the New World Order still happening. You know, there is nothing that we can do about it. Again, it's to just sit in between and realise that, well, you know, we exist in a universe where natural law, although it is being suppressed by the dark forces, the dark ones, eventually, it doesn't matter how intense that suppression is, eventually this planet, you know, is going to come back into balance. I hope to be around on this mortal coil when that happens. So I do understand why people do find it accept to find... Um, it difficult sorry to accept the small wins like with covid and i've been called naive on my facebook uh, account for trying to point this out you know perhaps being a contrarian perhaps you know being a new age and all the rest of it but we really do otherwise i just think there is no point in life if we're always just going to be pessimistic about the future and not accept that at the end of the day what we can what we regard these globalist forces um these people and the entities behind them, the, the non-human, as David Icke would say, the non-human elements, um, they're not they're not omnipotent. And um, yeah, it's always um, important to retain some sense of grounded hope rather than hopium, of course. So the next thing that I'd like to share in today's particular episode, part two, is this idea and and. It always seems to happen around about the new year time and ever much, ever more so since COVID is this idea of disclosure, this idea of the big reveal that somehow this year millions of people around the world are finally, if not billions, going to finally, are going to finally become aware of the depth of the depravity and criminality of the political the political class and their cohorts in the, in the media and, and they're going to millions of people are going to are going to finally have a realization or an epiphany if you will as to how the world really um really works and they're holding to this holding to this i think this is people who are still stuck with the kind of q narrative um they're still believing that you know the, the big disclosure is coming um and i think you know, we need to be careful. Again, certain types of people online can exploit this vulnerability in people who are convinced that the big reveal is coming, disclosure. And, you know, they'll say things like my sources are telling me or uh, my resource, my re sorry, my reliable sources are telling me or those that have, you know, members only sections because they the members of that particular website or whatever uh, are going to be going to be told certain intel and information that um, the general public, those that don't pay, of course, are not. We need to be careful of that because that is um, it's basically exploiting like advertisers do and corporations do is exploiting uh, a basic human part of uh, human nature. And that's that our need to know about the future and it's all kind of fragile aspect um, of the ego and what these people online um, what they're selling is this idea of disclosure is with this idea of disclosure or the big reveal is that there's going to be a, a, a definitive uh, version of events 
and and that the, the members of the website are going to be told this and i believe this is kind of again a very much sorry to harp on about it but i think it's an important point a religious concept to believe in this idea of one kind of like truth and um you know we can get closer to the truth but can we ever kind of you know have a concept of definitive truth and i don't want to get into kind of crusty discussions academic discussions of concept of truth because we'll be here uh, we'll be here all day and this this um particular pods podcast will will run into hours so um i would just i just think it's very helpful and very freeing to to let go of this concept that there will ever be a disclosure or a big reveal uh, i know in the last few years since i've adopted this um, I do feel a lot lighter energetically and I feel a lot more energised because I'm not waiting for something that probably is, is never going to happen. And I know it can be difficult to let go of this idea when we see so much criminality in the world and we see so much kind of criminal uh, actions that the people are never are brought to, to justice for. But... Why am I, you might ask me, Ant, why are you banging on about this point? Well, the reason why I'm banging on about this point is because I think when we give up this idea of disclosure, the big reveal, and our need to know, then I think it will help us embrace the significance of our own individual lives and existence. And, you know, that our own life has far more power and meaning than finding out the definitive truth about events like 9-11 or... Um, the justification and the events of World War One or World War Two, we'll never know the actual true um, definitive version. We can get closer to it, um, but when we get hooked into this idea of I need to know, I need to know, and I'm going to get the definitive version, it diminishes our um, our own power and our own capacity to extend our power outwards in the world which other people pick up on because i think the juicy stuff if you like um is unfolding within us uh, every second uh, of every day really and this is what all the great mystic spiritual teachings and all the esoteric teachings have told us about um the divinity of our own being and the likes of joseph campbell of course we are the hero of our own journey um, you know, we need we need to remember that when we if we get ever get consumed by this this type of information, it really is um, it is it's just not very not very helpful. So it is important to to remain grounded. I think the next thing I want to look at in this part two of this two barter is um, it's linked, but it's how the idea of getting hooked into um, when we get hooked into extreme type of narratives. I'll give you one example of this. It's sort of like when we discount more practical considerations. And again, I think that's when we are driven by a kind of like religious zeal, which ex creates extreme ways of thinking. I'll just give you one example of this. And this is um, the whole concept of adrenochrome, which I, I, ha I don't know a huge amount. I know enough to get by, so to speak. But it is said that there's an international underground tunnel of network which is used to transit child sex slaves. OK, I'm not saying that that's true or not. And within this network, then um, these children are collected and they are used to produce um, adrenochrome, which is then um, which is sort of like um, regarded 
I guess in a way like the Rosetta Stone for the the ultimate evil ones because it's said to have re, re, rejuvenative regenerative qualities and there's certain I believe that these children are, are killed in a way whereby they're placed under the most extreme amount of stress and it's kind of horrific to even talk about uh, when their blood is collected or so it is said again I'm not saying it's true or not but I think the point I want to make is when we get consumed by extreme ways of thinking we discount that well couldn't they also just synthesize adrenochrome and it not be just as powerful when one thinks of the technology that, that, that um, you know, the hidden unknowns have that is not released to the public? You know, why go to that extreme to produce this uh, adrenochrome? Couldn't they just, um, you know, couldn't they just synthesize this particular product? You know, just because uh, there is a an evil or malevolency on this planet and we've known we've known all about it in our faces certainly in the last um three years sorry it doesn't necessarily mean that these people would go to such lengths to get their drug of choice or their rosetta stone of choice if you want to put it like that in terms of its regenerative regenerative qualities and again i'm not saying um that this isn't what they do. I'm not saying that they don't, this isn't how they produce adrenochrome, but when we get lost into extreme ways of thinking, it's like, yes, this is this is how they do it. Oh my God, I can't believe how evil they are. And again, it just fuels this sense of us being out of control, being out of power, you know, being powerless, feeds our sense of powerless. So it's, again, it's something that um, something that's very important to watch for. So next, I just want to talk uh, about the next uh, idea I want to talk about is um, cognitive dissonance. So if one thinks of cognitive dissonance, it's like the psychological discomfort felt by ho holding two conflicting ideas or concepts. That's probably the most simple way I can put it for myself. Because again, it's one of those phrases you think you understand, but you don't don't necessarily understand it in its truest sense. So it's good to just check that and share that. So this is a really important observation about a lot of the content I see on sign, on online. Sorry. So the sheep, as I've said before, the sleepwalkers are collectively viewed as suffering from cognitive dissonance. You see it all the time, don't you? Well, the norm is the sheep. Of course, the reason why they've been so easily hoodwinked, hoodwinked during COVID is because they have cognitive dissonance, and it's commonly claimed as one of the main reasons why they refuse. To, to, to wake up and why they remain in this dreamlike somnambulistic kind of state. And of course, David Icke has spoken about this at length and many, many others being a psychological dimension in terms of the prison without um, the bars. And you're, you're, I'm sure you're all well aware of such narratives um, from social media themes as well, talking about cognitive dissonance uh, related to the sheep or the sheeple. Well, let's just think about for a moment, within the truth movement, what is interesting, some people are unable to deal with two conflicting points of view or paradox themselves. So I think within this religious dimension, uh, kind of extreme ways of thinking, there is an aspect of cognitive dissonance. And I'll give you an example. Great figure to pick. Uh, former President Trump, of course, so within the alternative media and truth circles, he's even portrayed as the good guy, saviour, 
Um, on the other heart side, he's like the anti-hero. He's an insider. He's controlled opposition. Why did he allow the the fake vax? Why did why did he promote it? Etc. 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 But when one thinks, you know, beyond outside of the confines of cognitive dissonance, this was a place. You know, I was trying to make this point earlier about this uh, guy in the film about the real estate guy well perhaps he's both it's like the ultimate paradox maybe former president trump on one level did things in office that benefited humanity you may or may never know but at the same time you know one could argue well he is a vain egotistical narcissist and what i find is this type of nuance or more complex nuanced way of thinking is, is missing from a lot of the content I see in, in the truth movement, which is either, you know, he or she is good or bad. You know, they're either true, noble or virtuous, or they're either a gate side, a gatekeeper or, or an insider, or they're on the payroll. Again, you know, that's that's um, what I continue, um, you know, and that's when we do fall into this idea of religious being a religious follower and, you know, you fall into the simple, simple kind of um, simple platitudes, really. As I come towards the end of this episode, um, I just want to bring up something that I find really interesting from observation from less grounded, shall we say, aspects of the New Age spiritual movement, which I kind of falls into the, these are all, the truth movement or kind of pejorative terms and this is this obsession with purging cleansing and detoxing which is a bit like in the religious context self-flagellation if you think about it and again it's a very common trap in terms of fasting um detoxing more extreme uh, vegan diets and lifestyles i'm fed up with seeing on my social media feed you know people's dirty feet when they they wear you can get these pads that detox um through the soles of the feet and people who you know talking about the amazing um healing qualities of water fasting and fast and uh, food fasting again these are all amazing things but we can easily fall into the trap of spiritual bypassing where people they confuse the actual thing the actual thing that they're doing with the journey or the process of awakening if you like and they sort of lose themselves in this in this idea of purity and this obsession with staying young and extending life of course it's important to be healthy and vital i should probably clean up my diet that's one thing i do need to address in 2023 but we need to also be aware how much is driven by this idea of purity you know, I must be clean of toxins and, you know, it's fine if we're doing that, if, if we're creating a higher energetic state. But why are we doing that? I mean, are we doing that just so we can post, you know, cheesy pictures on Facebook or whatever social media we choose to use? But are, are or are we using that higher level of energy and consciousness to to help our fellow man and woman? Because if we're just doing it to feel good about ourselves and no one else it's just spiritual bypassing it's just spiritual narcissism it's just a spiritual ego so yes of course we should all focus on our health and vitality but with a view to helping um, 
other people really at the end of the day otherwise it's all just a it's just a circle jerk it's just it's just really uh it's just really pointless and also not that i'm a nutrition nutritional expert but from what i know the body does need some level of toxicity 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 sorry or some crud more colloquially to speak um to work on in order to process i think there's this problem if we if the body becomes too refined uh, and we focus too much on purity dare i say it, then we can a little some you know a little kind of virus can come along or some external organism that knocks us out of balance and we can become extremely ill so again just you know we need to watch what kinds of mindsets um you know and at the same time you get certain types of people who become fixated on detoxing and this whole idea of fasting and all the rest of it they'll also you know put on their facebook claim that we're eternal you know they'll share share memes saying well you know we're eternal beings and the physical body is simply a vehicle for consciousness yes yes of course absolutely but how do you reconcile that um if you're full of fear and i need to be pure i need to be clean you know a true spiritual warrior would be able to give that up and go i'm just going to eat pizza chips hamburgers white bread for a month you know because at the end of the day as i was saying earlier we need to give up all of our dogmas ideologies for, for uh, beliefs if we really are walking the path otherwise otherwise really we're just blowing smoke up our ass and blowing smoke up other people's ass so with this one we just need to be careful you know just observe what the reasons why we're so we might become, I should say, focused on uh, the purity of the physical vessel, which I've been trying to say, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but what are our motivations? And for me, back in the day, it was, you know, clearing myself of sugar, going on quite extreme uh, no or low sugar diets, which is very difficult if you think about it, because what I do know about things like carbohydrates, of course, they break down into sugar. And, you know, it, it can't becomes, it, you can, you can, um, kind of tie your shoelaces together if you don't know what you're doing when you go into the whole kind of dietary thing and you, you become extreme and I know I was actually in quite heightened states of anxiety so that's just one to watch and one that I've observed that could well be kind of driven by a sort of a religious dogmatic type of um, mindset. Someone, someone asked uh, something else I want to pick up now this is just the last point before I head into a kind of like a little bit of conclusion to round these two two episodes up in some sort of way and tie it all together again it relates to the sort of new age uh less grounded spiritual world shall we say is this idea of the chosen ones now i maybe i've spoken about this before so i put my hands up but um it's this idea that and a lot of the leading lights and i may well have spoken about this before and i've been reflecting on it recently thinking hmm is this dogma or not but you're probably well aware of it so this is the idea that we that the chosen ones as i call them are those that came here at it is said sorry that we came here at this time to help humanity evolve and progress so more commonly known as light workers indigo souls etc etc now we need to be careful when we you know we uh, hear such narratives like this and think well is this true or is this kind of like a form of religious belief that inflates the ego i mean i remain open but we do 
But if we do adopt this as a belief system, then it can be used as a kind of get out of jail free card. And you know, when we behave unkindly towards others who are not one of the chosen ones, we you know, we can go well. You know, I, I my soul incarnate at this time to help transition, to help humanity transition through this time of you know massive change on the planet when existing systems and paradigms as we can see now are collapsing that is as may be but that means it's incumbent upon the chosen ones to act kindly and to and to be generous and and to be kindly to people around us we can't just use that as an as an excuse uh, to be an arsehole if you like you know and personally I feel like I'm working through a lot of my delusions and I'm trying to grow and expand my uh, consciousness. But this idea of the chosen ones or those of us who are on a soul level or soul contract or a higher purpose or our divine aspect of ourselves chose to come and incarnate at this time. Again, it does create a sort of type of groupthink or cult like mentality, because what about those who who haven't chosen to come here and they're just working through their shit i mean we're all working through our shit for want of a better phrase but you know again i would just caution do we really need such grandiose context such a grandiose context for what's happening on the planet and again i think you know that again that sort of makes us feel good uh, but we do need to we do need to be cautious of it i feel because they can become empty rhetoric or religious platitudes i mean ultimately are we able to know why on a soul level if you believe in the concept of souls you might not or reincarnation you know can we know if we chose to incarnate at this time and you know if you believe uh, in in such a concept it's 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 really it's really difficult um to to actually know like i was talking about before that that need that need to know so there's nothing wrong with celebrating the divinity of our being, as I always say on discerning consciousness. But you know, important not to be an arse about it, <laughs> and not to put us into some sort of um, exclusive group because we never know. We'll never know. And I, I know people have done things like they get soul readings. I've had a soul reading; it was amazing, actually. At or past life regression, and, and they get kind of inklings or little kernels of information or truth as to why and what their purpose and mission is here but ultimately i don't think we're, we'll ever know but not that there is anything wrong with trying to find out i think that's um i think that's all about that that's all you know about the mystery of life the wonder of life so um i'm going to just uh round things up here in this um part two of my uh two parting which i investigate put the truth movement under the spotlight and just um look at how um just look at you know when we have this intense search for meaning for truth which can become really all-consuming and really can just overtake our lives and i know i've had to learn over the years just just pull back and Right, and just focus on your day-to-day -day existence a little bit more. One way in which to kind of ground ourselves, I found quite helpful, is just to laugh, try and laugh at the absurdity of life, the absurdity of all of it, and this sort of quest that we're on, trying to know the unknowable. But some might say that evil will always fail, 
because it contains within it the seeds of its own destruction. But then, ironically enough, as everything's so paradoxical, you could say to me, Ant, well, that, that sounds like a reduced statement in and of itself, and maybe it does, you know. But I think uh, it, is, it is well worth repeating that try to see all of life as sacred and full of meaning, even, you know, in terms of the crud and a lot of the stuff we would dismiss as, as having no meaning. Because I think it's, it's, it is all too easy to fall into viewing life in terms of good versus evil. And our experience in the last few, three years, of course, has pushed us in, in that direction. And again, I'm not saying we haven't faced evil during the last three years of the COVID psyop, and we have. But I've noticed certain types of people are still in that kind of mindset. And, you know, yes, it would be fantastic if those responsible in the media, if those responsible in government, if the hidden unknowns and, and all the rest of it were uh, to, to be held accountable. But we also need to let go of the possibility of that ever, ever happening and being OK with it. And, and that is, is the hard part. And also consider, really, how short our existence is as an entity on this planet. I mean, even if we were to have it all figured out, uh, and then we wouldn't really be here, would we? So this sort of, the conundrums, the, the pain of not knowing, well, that's all just part of life. That's all part of the journey, as I've spoken about many, many times on this particular podcast. There would be no point to life if we knew. But... As is always the case, the ego does crave certainty, hates confusion and, um, you know, religious types of understanding do make the ego feel very comfortable. Just, it's just important to bear this in mind, certainly when you surf the web, listen to your favourite speaker, etc, etc. Just make sure you check in with yourself like I always, always try to do. It's like, can I let all this go? Can I let all these understandings go? Can I let my opinions, beliefs and ideologies evaporate in a, in a nanosecond? Because as we know, the intellect will only take us so far. And I've, I struggle with this being a Gemini and from my particular birth chart. <laughs> I won't bore you with the details of that. But part of my life journey is to harmonise my heart and mind. Because um, if I do lose myself to my thoughts, they do can become very very toxic and so i always do need to try to remain grounded like we all do right thank you so much for listening uh to part two of the truth movement under the spotlight i hope you've enjoyed um part one as well as this one and it has given you some timely um food for thought because i know the the new year is always a strange kind of energy isn't it it's a time of it's a time of renewal, um, but at the same time, we're feeling a bit sluggish. We've been through Christmas, maybe some Christmas, Christmas food and nutritional excess. And also we've been with maybe family, which has been a bit uh, clawing energetically because, um, you know, we might be on different journeys. So I always find certainly that the early part of the year is quite is quite challenging, and quite difficult. So I've noticed that it's been quite hard to motivate myself to just basic daily chores so my only advice would be not to be too hard on ourselves at this time because it is a, a tough time of the year so thank you all for listening and uh, I will be back with you soon sharing more of my 
thoughts and uh, musings on discerning consciousness. So bye for now. Thank you.